As we prepare to look into God's word, uh, would y'all join together in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity, the gift of worship, uh, the gift of family, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, uh, the gift of children and new life, the gift of life forever by Jesus Christ, a home in heaven, a purpose for today. You are awesome. Forgive us for the idols of our hearts and not walking in you and with you, but for ourselves and show yourself into our hearts and our minds and our souls right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, If you would, take your Bibles and uh, you can turn to Psalm chapter 8, Psalm 8. Uh, As you're doing that, I'll say something, a few words to y'all. I love the idea of being all in, in something. Uh, And that has been, uh, what do you call it, a habit or attribute uh, of my life, uh, even before I I fully gave my life to Christ. Uh, I like being all in. Uh, I like people who are like, I am all in. Uh, So even uh, in school, college, I'd be like, I am all in. Like, and being all in means like, I want to suffer a little bit. I want it to hurt some. And so I'd work hard. Uh, in, in jobs, I'd be like, I'm all in. You know, I'm going to give everything of myself. Uh, in sports, I'd be like, all in. I want to, I, I'll go till I puke or, or whatever it is. Man, I'm all in. I'm going. Or till I get beat up or, or whatever it is. Uh, in partying, when I used to party, I mean, just I was like all in, okay? You know, you can do four shots, I'll do five of different shots. Seriously, okay? But be like, I am all in, all or nothing, work hard, play hard. That was kind of my deal, okay? Then when the, the process, and it was a process where I started like turning my life over to Christ, be like, I'm all in. You know, what else is there? I'll never forget a guy told me back when I was not planning to go to seminary why he was going to seminary, and he just said, look, it's simple. If Jesus is the most important thing in my life, why would I not go to seminary? Why would I not learn as much about it? I was like, wow, that kind of makes sense. I say he's most important, and maybe I need to go to seminary. Now, that does not mean, and we say that, that everybody needs to go to seminary. God used that statement in my mind and heart to start a process of serving him. But then when I was in seminary and I started learning more about the church and that the church is God's plan A and there's no plan B, it started making sense like, yeah, I should be a pastor. I mean, it's God's deal. This is all in. Then as a pastor, when I was like, there are people who need Christ and we need other churches, why would I not plant a church? And it made this logical sense of like being all in. And, and now the point I'm at here is like, pushing myself and us that we do not need to be complacent. Uh, There are other churches that that we need to help plant uh, locally, globally, because there are people in need of the good news and the grandeur of God in Jesus Christ. And so pushing us to be all in. Now, I think each of your lives, my life too, our lives can really be defined by 
by one thing. By one thing in how we see our life, the world. Do we see life as there is a big God and small man? Forgive me, ladies, small ladies, but you know, big God, small man? Or big man, small God? Or big person, small God, however you want to do it. I like, you know, being a guy. Big man, small God, or big God, small man? Most folks live their life, big man, small God. And we live like practical atheists. Like, I'm not an atheist. I, I believe in God. What we believe is I can do it or I can do my best on my own strength. And this life is all there is. Period. That's how we live. That's how I live. Often. I fight against it. But we live like practical atheists. So why are we not all in? You ever wonder that? Like, why am I not all in on this deal? Why am I not all in? We don't see how big God is. We don't really know how big God is. Because if we knew, if we saw, we'd be all in. I mean, the disciples, I mean, what makes a, a ragtag group of nobodies and like losers transform the world? They saw how big God is. They saw a man who was dead and they saw him alive again. And you're like, well, you know, if I had that, uh, if I had that, I, I'd be all in. Well, you know, they didn't have the Bible, and we do. Uh, they didn't have the church, and we do. Where people do get healed, where people are reconciled in relationships, where miracles do happen, where people who think themselves as nobodies and small and weak are used to do great things. We got a lot. Today, I hope that we can see how big God is. So Psalm 8, uh, if you're there, we are in this series that we call Worship and Wisdom. Because to worship, you got to see how big God is. We all worship something. In this series, we're looking at different psalms, and then we'll go into Ecclesiastes later in the fall. So we want to focus on worship and wisdom together. This helps us with what we call rise with God, our personal time with the Lord. It helps us worship who we really need to be worshiping. So Psalm 8, it's only nine verses. Let's, uh, let's read it and hear the words of the Lord. Verse 1 begins, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. How majestic is your name. God's majesty. God is big. Now, uh, anybody here uh, today, you know, like feel 
small and weak. Anybody? Okay, just me. Thanks. Two in the back. We're good. Uh, a few, okay. Anybody feel small and weak? A few. Now, uh, great, because you're in good company. Uh, how would God reveal his majesty and power and might and show his bigness? He uses small, uh, weak people to do great work for him. And it all began uh, with Jesus and his disciples. He died as a state criminal and was mocked, and he rose again. And if you need more proof of that, I mean, just look into this psalm. As it said, out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength. As we saw here with baby Lucy, uh, they, are, they need us, infants and babies. And, and this psalm is saying, those who are weakest, you show your strength. Uh, and we can feel weak, uh, and we can feel small. Uh, any of y'all ever uh, feel insecure, like insecure, let me say this, going to a party, okay? Because uh, around here, I mean, our culture really revolves on whether you're in sixth grade or whether you're in like 67th grade, and that's not a year. It's like, you know, high school kind of continues in popularity, okay? Like who, who's the most popular? I mean, I see it, you know, look, see it with adults, see it with parents. And so you can feel insecure. Hope I can get some amens here. Like when you walk into a party or a dinner gathering. Get an amen there? Amen. You feel like insecure. Like, who do I know? Who's, you know, the people power in the room? I mean, who, you know, who do I need to get to know here? And, and, and this culture, I will say, that we, more so than some, because power is so concentrated here, and everybody's kind of wanting a piece of small pie, that we really need to walk in the freedom of Christ, as in like, when you know Christ has died for me, Christ lives in me, I don't live based on your opinion, I don't live based on what club I'm in or what pseudo club I'm in, but I will walk in the freedom and security and confidence in Christ. Like, we need that in these streets and neighborhoods and zip codes. You need that because people feel insecure. And you have every security, every eternal security in the world, in Christ. You can walk freely. And if you think you're weak, look at this verse up on the screen. It's 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 28 and 29. Look what God does. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Feel weak? In good company. Feel small? God can do majestic things through you. Please hear this. Fear nothing else today. God can do more through you than you can or will ever do for Him. You just let Him. And just walk in His confidence. Some of us are... Not just insecure, some of us are really hurting and struggling and broken down and like really afraid when there's sickness 
or a broken relationship or you're a single mom, whatever it is. I mean, like some of us are like, man, I'm, I'm struggling. Did you hear these words? Uh, it's written by Francis Chan. Uh, a lot of us have read some of his books. Anyway, listen to what he says. Christ promises abundant life in John 10.10. But that is not always synonymous with fun. Tough decisions made for God's glory produce a good and right pain. A pain believers are meant to endure in a fallen world. It is a pain that makes us stronger, holier, more in love with God and each other. Any suffering for His sake is a constant reminder of our future where all the pain will be exchanged for glory. I really like that quote. My wife gave it to me, give her credit. But, you know, we always think that John 10.10, yeah, we have abundant life. But it doesn't always mean fun. Sometimes there's real pain that God will use for his glory. You need to know that. We need to know that. So how do we see the glory of God? How do we see the bigness of God in this psalm? I think there are three ways in this psalm that we can see God's majesty, God's glory. The first is children. Again, verse 2. The mouth of babies and infants you have established strength. Let me ask you, have you ever listened to a child fall asleep? You talk about thinking about the majesty of God. Just sitting in his room, and I'm blessed to be able to do this, and just listening them go from, you know, kind of, Maybe crying, to making a few sounds, to silence, to you just know they're asleep. It's a beautiful, beautiful deal. Majesty of God. Maybe even better, when you hear a child praying. You hear a child praying. You know, I try to lead uh, my boys in prayer every night. Uh, one prayer that Jack will say often is, you know, thank you, Jesus, for my home, my family. And he'll say, help me know, God, that I can't do it on my own. Very simple, very biblical. We need to pray that prayer more. When you see, and sometimes you don't, but I wish all of you could, at least one Sunday, children singing, the majesty of God, uh, when you see uh, mothers and dads raising their kids, uh, and let me say this to uh, you moms, and maybe there are some single moms here, uh, you're doing a great work. Uh, our family ministry, our, our kids are learning right now about initiative, Colossians 3.23, in all things you do, work heartily for the Lord. You're doing a great work, moms and dads, but especially Moms giving your time, doing everything, the grind. There's majesty in that. There's beauty in that. We also see the majesty of God here in the heavens, in the stars. Verse 3, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set into place. Um, You ever done this? 
many of us have, and it's a good thing. You know, going out, maybe on a lake, looking up, and just hopefully the moon's not out, and you just see the stars spread across. You can see the reflections in the water. You can just look out and feel small. And it is good sometimes we need to feel small. How many stars are there? I did some research this week. Just in our galaxy, only 100 billion. Just in our galaxy, Milky Way, we're talking here. How many galaxies are there? Only 100 billion. Look it up, it's true. I went and stayed out, you know, false facts. 100 billion galaxies. 100 billion stars just in our galaxy. It's good to feel small. But the better thing is that the Lord, the Creator, who it's talking about here in Psalm 8, that created the vastness of the universe, became the created in Jesus Christ, knows you personally, and loves you completely. That is what we believe. That is Christianity. Majestic. Pretty big. Then last... Or last thing we could see, the grandeur, the bigness of God, is humanity. Us. Verse 4, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, crowned him with glory and honor, have given him dominion over the works of your hands, have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, also the beasts of the fields, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. Humanity, us, you, everybody, that you're, you're created. I mean, we have hands and, and feet and like hair, or some of us have hair, uh, or some of us are keep trying to keep our hair. Or, you know, we have a body that can, can speak and function and move, and you have gifts. I talked about artistry earlier. I mean, some of y'all are artists. Some of y'all work with your hands, physicians or engineers. Some of you are good with numbers. Praise God, we need you. I need you. We have gifts that God has given to you to use. The created are meant to create in their time on earth. And that doesn't mean just artists. Everybody. Using your faculties. Create a sentence. Create a conversation. Create how you're going to throw a ball. Create a play. Using those gifts is good. Now, here's the deal. You can read that and say it's great, but if we are honest, um, and God's majestic and God's big, but something is wrong with creation. Something's messed up. Because if you, if you just read this, that we have dominion, uh, sheep, oxen, beasts to the field, birds of heaven, fish of the sea, uh, that ain't true. That's not true. Amen? All right, no amens. Let me give you two examples. Here you go. I don't know what you're talking about. Here, let me widen the expanse, okay? Uh, One time, the only time for me, uh, my wife and I went parasailing, you know? I think that's what it's called, where you go up real high and the boat pulls you, you know? That's what it's called, sweetie, parasailing. My wife loved it. I was like, this is it, but I love you. And up high, okay? And, and I'm not a big fan of heights and stuff, so I was up there. And you see the bigness of God. 
I love the ocean, love the sea. You see the vastness. You see the sky, the horizon. You see the curvature of the earth even. You get up that high. That's cool. Big God, creator God. Then I look down, okay, and I see all these things that, that you know, the tails are like, uh, you know, flipping like this. And they're, they're not like dozens. They're like hundreds, okay? And get back down. It's like, yeah, that's sharks, you know? Sharks. So I'm reading this. This psalm, the fish of the sea, uh, I know down that ain't my domain. I have no dominion there. So something's wrong. Uh, one other example on land, uh, I've grown in my late life to love deer hunting, counting the days, okay? And last year, I went with a couple of guys in here, Ben Jones. Don't know if he's here today. He didn't know he was getting called out. But anyway, Ben Jones and... Um, David Carroll's hunting with us, but uh, we hunted late into the night, and not too late, okay, we're not, like, breaking too many laws, but anyway, I mean, <laughs> dust, you know, and so we're, we're hunting, and, and I love seeing, again, the sun go down, the horizon, and we shot some deer, some deer came out in the field, and it got too dark, and so we're walking back uh, to meet up with Doc, and we had seen some kind of go into a thicket, and so we're walking by. And, you know, we hear this, and I'm not going to try to make the sound, but it's like, you know, a gruff or a grunt. And the thing is, it's, it's in the woods and thicket, and it's dark, and we don't know. We're like, you know, you know is it just a little doe, or, or is it a hog, you know? And so we start backing up. We're like, we, we're going to go around, because we don't have dominion of that, at least not a hog. You ever face a hog? So my point is, when I was saying, hey, how about some amens? We don't really have, like, dominion here over some of the beasts of the earth and the fish of the seas. Something's wrong. Something's broken. And that is where most people stop. Like, what do you mean? You're like, big God created God. The world's broken. Hurricanes, lions that'll eat you, you know, sharks, that'll, you know, things that'll kill you. World's, big God, broken world. And, oh, yeah, I do believe in Jesus, and I got my fire insurance. Most people in there. That's it. All in. And real biblical Christianity goes past that. We see something more. And we see how things really are. So I want you to turn. It's not going to be up on the screen because I want you to turn to this. Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. I have mine marked, so sorry I get there faster. Hebrews 2. And I want to read verse 5 through 10. It's a reflection of this psalm, and it is how things really are, and it tells us how we can go further past just created and broken to all in. Hebrews 2, I'm going to start with verse 5, read five verses here. Listen to this. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present we do not see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, Namely, Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, 
he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Psalms 8, pointing to Jesus. The writer of Hebrews, connect to Psalm 8, said, this is the real deal. This is the one who was really made a little lower than angels for us. This is the one who all things exist because of him, became flesh, died for us. The son of man that you care for him. For a little while you made him, Jesus, lower than the angels. You crown him with glory and honor. At present, we do not see everything in subjection to him. But they are. Where you go past, just big God, broken world, is that there is a man who is God who rules everything. Defeated death. And all things in creation are under his feet. That's Jesus. So what do we do? What do we do going all in to be all in? What is reality? What is like, you know, waking up, putting on a new set of glasses and seeing the world as it really is? Here's how the world really is. There is a big God and we are broken people and all we have to do is turn to Jesus. And then he turns all things, all things, into his plan and purpose. That is the Bible. That is Christianity. That is being all in. There are no accidents in Christianity. There are only absolutes. So will you give your life absolutely over to him? I'm going to close as we enter into communion. I just want you to listen to a quote by Tim Keller. And it's titled, Are You All In? Are you all in? Are we really all in? Are you willing to give up your life because you get him and nothing else? When we fall in love, we are willing to do anything for the one we love. Great movies, and I love great movies, always have an underlying love premise. Who will sacrifice for whom because they love so much? We are deeply moved when someone passionately sacrifices for a loved one. Are you deeply moved by the Lord? If you are, taking a risk, going outside your comfort zone, reaching out to a strange neighbor, befriending a grumbling coworker, saying hello to someone stuck up, all that is not hard if you are motivated by love. The reason many of us will not leave our comfort zone for the Lord is we are not deeply moved by the King of all kings, our defender, our healer, our living bread, our giver of life. We call on you, as people of church, we beg you, be deeply moved. We can't do it, the Holy Spirit can we can show you how big God is. We can show ourselves the idols of our lives, the 
social clubs or supper, supper clubs or houses or trips or looks or relationships. They are nothing, nothing in comparison to God. King of all kings, Lord of all lords, our defender, healer, living bread who gave his life, our giver of life. All in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just pray that I would be more all in, this church would be more all in, that we would see clearly, succinctly, your bigness, your power, what you've done for us in Jesus and turn to you. In the midst of much suffering, be it emotional or physical or psychological or grief, we know you'll turn all things into your good. We'll rest in that. Dear Lord, I I just pray today, practically, that maybe one person say, I am all in right now. And I know that I wasn't. Just one person. You don't have to say it to me. You don't have to walk down the aisle. Just say to you. Thank you that you call us to great things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.